Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode contains some mild adult language. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this um, episode of Animation Communication, where we got um, fun people and fun times. And I don't, I can't really think of a good intro. So I'm KP as usual. Um, Lauren's here as usual. Hello. Say, say hi, Lauren. Yes, hello. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Do you want to introduce your, our guest, Lauren? Because yes, I think I'm... you know more about <laughs> mythology than I do. I'm just like... <laughs> well, it, it's funny because this is not... At this point, it's not long after we've had Chi-Chi on. So now we can actually say we at one point had the singing voice for Cherry Bomb on here. <laughs> and now we have Angel Dust. So we have Michael... Wait, I who? Make Where? Sure Where is he? Where's Angel <laughs> Dust? <laughs> so... Where is that son of a bitch? He owes me money! <laughs> So it's like, just imagine him turning around in the mirror, just going, hey, you son of a bitch, I've been looking for you. <laughs> you owe me money, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but no, hi, I'm Michael. I voice Angel in the pilot for Hasbin and in the Addict music video. Hello. Yes, and uh, you're also in Billy Bust Up coming up, and then you have a you have a bunch of other roles you can talk about. Yeah, I'm in yeah. a few things. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Fantokyo in Billy Bust Up, which just had a very successful Woo. Kickstarter. Um I'm voicing Rocky Rickaby in the Lackadaisy short yeah. animated film, uh, which should be coming sometime later this year. I'm very excited about that. I've been very excited um, to see all the progress on that. Yeah, and depending on when this is airing, um, whenever this is released, I'm currently recording for an anime called Akudama Drive, where I voice a little bunny rabbit character. Woo! Um, but yeah, that's that's most of what I'm working on right now. It's <laughs> it's a pleasure to be on here with you guys. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How how'd your guys' New Year's uh start? Um, like pretty pretty like pseudo defeated, but I think that was kind of the point. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. kind of twenty twenty. What about you? Everyone was sick of twenty twenty. Yeah, it was a it was a great year. I don't know, man. It was the best year of my life. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. It was wonderful. I loved being cramped up inside my house. Uh, <laughs> I loved not being able to see anybody. It was wonderful. <laughs> no, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, what was kind of nice about New Year's Day was that, in a way, it feeling like a neutral day and versus any uh, versus like some big bang New Year's Day. It was kind of nice that it was like for me at least, it was rather uneventful because I'm like after the year we had, <laughs> like, can we have one day, one day where things can just be not shit <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean with the new year at least we we're kind of able to reset our brains and be like okay this year this year we're gonna try to do things better we're mm -hmm. gonna try so far eh, i mean i mean we, we had a few good things happen this year but also a lot of bad things i imagine yeah. so it's yeah it's a it's a bit of a rocky start but we're gonna we're gonna push through we're gonna <laughs> we're trying i mean i mean it's up to us we'll, we'll see what we can do to make 2021 a good year yeah <laughs> Hopefully we can kick this um kick this virus in its booty. Mm-hmm. The 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 Backstreet Boys World Tour. <laughs> we gotta bring it into it. Yeah, please wear a mask. Yes, wear your masks <laughs> above your nose. 
Just cover your entire face at this point. No one wants to see your face anyway. It's fine. At least it's kind of been funny to see the inventive way people have been trying to do cover-ups. Where I, I guess the other day there was video of these two joggers running around Attic Kitty uh, at Venice Beach. And they're in like the and there's those like uh, inflatable space bubbles, like those ones that you roll around in. <laughs> and they're like jogging down the street with them on top. Bless. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, whatever works, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Also, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> My yeah, roommate just delivered me Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna put this aside for now, um, and I will consume this after the interview. But. Yeah, no worries. If you if you yeah, want to no, sip on that on that Mountain Dew, feel free to. There's. <laughs> I'll take a sip. I'll take a sip. Let's see if it comes through. Oh my god! Yeah, it was so very icy. it was very tiny, but it, it was <laughs> it's, audible. It's so much ice. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I guess to be fair, they literally packed this beverage with ice. I guess to be fair, I mean, if you have Mountain Dew without ice, it kind of is a because it, it's so highly caffeinated. It's like. At least for me, if I have it without ice, if it's not watered down just a slight bit, it, the, it my system goes into overdrive. <laughs> it's very acidic. It's a very yeah. acidic drink. Yeah, and then Baja Blast has a way better flavor than just the regular Mountain Dew to me. It's just I mean, that's like, what I have right now is Baja Blast. So exactly. it's um, it is very much. I like it a lot. Ashley says that it tastes like like cleaner. <laughs> And uh, I don't blame her for that. That's actually pretty accurate. It does smell and taste like cleaner. It's the sip, sip, yuck. Sip, sip, yuck. Sip, sip. <laughs> Just keep going back. Um, okay, so we have a couple of animation headlines, and Michael has agreed to hang out and comment on them if he has any comments. So um, I guess... Lauren, you can. You, you, this is like your your show because like I'm just here just vibing because I don't <laughs> I don't know as much as far as just kind of like has been cast lore and stuff like that. So, but I'm supportive. So you you <laughs> fangirl away. What are the headlines? All right. So uh, <laughs> so we got a couple headlines here. Uh, so the first one is uh we recently I guess within like the past uh, day or two we've had a trailer drop for Craig McCracken's Kid Cosmic, which is going to be a new animated show for Netflix. Uh, and based off of what we see, it's like kind of like a superhero team show, but it's you know obviously surrounded by by a eclectic group of uh this uh, one boy. There's like a so there's obviously kid uh, kid cosmic, and then you have like a little girl who almost goes into like you know uh, Godzilla's like kaiju size. Uh, there's a girl who could teleport. There's an old man who could replicate himself. Uh, there's a cat that can see the future. <laughs> so there's like all of these uh, different uh, team members as they fight, uh, I guess at least based on the trailer, alien invaders or invaders from another dimension. Uh, and it's very much in the style of of like the energy of something like uh, Wander Over Yonder, which again, that was a Craig McCracken project. And then he also worked, you know, he worked on Powerpuff Girls and he, he had Foster's Home. So it's a lot of that same kind of energy especially the art style is really fun it almost is like uh almost like a like a graphic novel style like the comic book style with the with the grainy textures on the line art and the colors and the the color fills it's, it's really it looks really really good and it's very very mccracken style so i'm i'm excited to see where they go with it um, I'm just skimming through the trailer right now cuz i actually hadn't seen it and oh, oh my yeah. gosh it does look beautiful I'm so I'm like it, it is like, so it looks so action packed too. Holy cow! Oh yeah, that's one thing. There's that a lot Craig's, going on. 
that's one thing Craig's really good with with his shows is that there is a lot of energy to his characters. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see where this goes, especially with like um, with it, it's got that yeah again it's kind of like Wander Over Yonder com- combined with Powerpuff Girls in terms of it's got the superpowers and and fighting baddies and super baddies and it's kind of that kind of thing. So uh, but at the same time it's also got that youthful fun energy of Wander. So, uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see where they go with it. Um, and I, I don't believe I caught where it's supposed to be released, but with that footage, and actually it's made by the same studio that worked on the Tangled series. So to call back to the fact that we had Chris Sonnenberg on our show really early on last year, uh, who directed the Tangled series. Um, he was one of the EPs too. So yeah. Yeah. One of two. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, that was fun. Uh, so the same studio in Canada is working on, uh, on Kid Cosmic as well. So, uh, yeah. And then, uh, also, I mean, I, I hate to have like downer news to accompany this, but it is relevant to animation. So I'm going to say it is, um, uh, Dave Creek, who was the lead character designer on Bob's Burgers since day one of the show. Uh, he unfortunately passed away this week. Uh, I heard I, about that in a skydiving accident, right? Yeah. Wow. What a yeah. freak accident. What a freak thing to like die of, I guess. That's so yeah. unfortunate because like you never expect anything like that to happen. Like no. you just you're just having fun skydiving, and all of a sudden, you know, you're it, that's just unfortunate. Yeah. It's. I feel so bad for him and his family. I hope that they're all coping well. Yeah. It's just especially because I. It's, far as I have been able to gauge is that the Bob Bob's Burgers crew is like a really tight group so it's like it, it's got to be really hard to lose especially somebody who's been there since the very beginning uh yeah but yeah it's 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 unfortunate and then uh but yeah and then I I know this was in the past few this in the past I want to say 48 hours uh, hoping it's not too soon to bring it up, but the name was dropped was the uh, Brad Venable, who unfortunately passed away as well, a uh, voice actor who uh, was very well known for for Devil May Cry, Attack on Titan, Dragon Ball Super, My Hero Academia, uh, Final Fantasy, and then the list goes on and on. But incredible, incredible voice. He was in a lot of stuff. I I personally never uh, got to meet him or know him personally, mm-hmm. but. From everyone that I've known in the voice acting community that's been posting about him, it's very clear that he was a very kind, very supportive individual mm. and that he changed a lot of people's lives and a lot of people's outlooks on things. So he had a very, very big impact on a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, even if he's no longer with us, the change that he, you know, impacted people with will remain forever. Yeah. And that's that's what matters is that he was this very kind, endearing soul. And, you know, that's something that everybody will remember Absolutely. Uh, that knew him personally. Yeah, it's it's people like that that you it's like as bittersweet as bittersweet as it is. It's like, yeah, when you try to think and remember all the positive things that, that somebody like him brought to especially like not just the industry, but to just everyone around him. It's that positive impact. And that's what and that's what lasts longer than than any human life does is that legacy that they leave and especially if it's that positive impact that they have so yeah I'm like I'm still reading up even more on him and and seeing what people are saying about him and just yeah that's what I've been been able to gauge of him as well as a person which yeah it it 
it's it's awful. Which which speaks volumes that he's someone that's so beloved in this community, mm-hmm. and you know everybody's sad. Like everybody I've been seeing on Twitter is like crying and genuinely upset. Which that me- it just means that he was very beloved. Yeah, yeah. It's it, and I I I feel bad that that's the note that we're ending on with headlines because that's as much. As it's I the have, most but, recent uh, piece of news, but it so. is the most recent news. Um, because I within the past week there haven't been any huge, uh, updates as of yet in the in the industry. I mean, it's only the beginning of the year, first weekend, so I guess it's only a matter of time. Oh, I could say though, it's not technically animation related, but kind of sorta you know adjacent to it is that um is a french produced series called lupin based on the arsene lupin novels from like 100 years ago like the original novels uh uh they that show just i think it just premiered last night on netflix and so yeah it is in french with english subtitles uh but based on what i've been able to gauge it's really really good uh since it's based on the original French thief and um so yeah I gotta I gotta check that out myself being a loop on the third fan <laughs> uh, and seeing where all that all the origin stuff goes so I know it's technically not related to the anime but I know a lot of stuff is this year is gonna mark is marking 50 years since uh since Lupin first premiered on TV as Lupin the third so, uh, so this is going to be a huge year for a lot of Lupin-based content. Uh, and I think also in, in, yeah, not long ago, Arsene Lupin entered the public domain. So there's probably going to be even more use of his name going on. Oh, no, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so there, there's our headlines for this week. And uh, now we can get down into the the nitty-gritty, the, the fun stuff here. I guessed what word you were going to use. I was like, you're going to say nitty-gritty. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, let's get down to brass tacks. I was uh, like, is it going to be business? Is it going to be nitty-gritty? What's it going to be? <laughs> <laughs> if it was business, it's to defeat the Huns. Leaving. Be a man, you must be swift as a coursing river. Welcome to the karaoke podcast. If you, to, if you have any requests, with just... all the strength of a great time, <laughs> be a man. <laughs> oh, Lord, we have fun here. But no, we do not want to get DMCA t- taken down. We don't want that to happen. Thank you, Disney. We'll just we'll just, we'll just edit in posts where we like change the pitch. Just, just the change the pitch to be fine. so badly off pitch as if I wasn't singing off pitch already. It's like a, it's like in that it's like in that 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 wavy auto tune sound, so it's like really distorted. Yeah, man, you must be swift as a coursing river with all the force of a great typhoon. Man, I love this remix. Yeah, with all the strength of a raging fire. This is wonderful. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> This, that's our that's our loophole around it though. <laughs> um, that's it, guys. That's the podcast. We're just, done. <laughs> just shake your throat like that. <laughs> you got to do it uh, the Tom Kenny style, how he does the sponge. Ah! Yep. <laughs> wow. That's literally what I'm doing. Is like it. It's where you like take your hand and vibrate. That's what I was doing. <laughs> do it against your throat. The good old Tom Kenny way. Ah! 
for, the, for that SpongeBob laugh. It's so wonderful. I, I think it's like once everybody saw him doing that, like in in uh, you know behind the scenes stuff on how they made SpongeBob, and they see him doing the throat trick, everyone started like assaulting their throat trying to do the same throat thing. I mean, like monkey see, monkey do. It's very easy mm-hmm. to like be when when someone who is. You know, someone of influence like that, you see a technique they have, you're like, ooh, I have to learn that technique. <laughs> I have to master it. Exactly. Uh, it's <laughs> So I guess back in, into uh, our line of questions, I should say. Um, so I guess... Enough goofing around. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what was it? Well, I guess we could start at this point of what inspired you to become a voice actor to... Pre- to pursue this line of work? Well, <clears throat> it started back in, I think, s- like sixth grade, maybe. I was a kid. I was a little kid. I um, I watched a ton of cartoons, <laughs> like, I, like, like most kids do. You know, I, I, I grew up on a lot of cartoons. Um, but I had this really insane fascination with Mickey Mouse in particular. Mm. And I just, I loved the character of Mickey Mouse. I loved, you know, his design. I loved his voice, just his personality, his everything. I thought he was, like, really funny and charming. And, um, you know, as I was obsessed with Mickey Mouse, I was, like, really, really interested in learning how to do, you know, the specific voice for Mickey Mouse. Because I um, I was like, that's a really unique, um, specific voice. I want to be able to do that. And so, you know... Little kid me would, would try to go up high and try to sound like Mickey Mouse. You know, it wouldn't be that great back then. It would be, <laughs> oh boy, haha, I'm Mickey Mouse, haha. <laughs> but, you know, I would still try. And mm-hmm. um, over the course of doing that for a long time, you know, I would pick up other other unique traits from other character voices and I try to learn how to do those and I'm just you know this is all going into like impressionist territory because you know voice actors aren't always impressionists they're just Mm -hmm. they they have their own line of voices but there are also voice actors that specifically do impression work um Mm -hmm. you know so I started off doing mostly impressions but then that kind of inspired me to find my own vocal range and um find an interest in just just providing a voice for characters. Originally, it was because I didn't like my natural voice. And so I wanted to learn how to do every other voice possible besides my regular voice. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a fascination with cartoons, with Mickey Mouse, and um, just basically wanting to learn how to do that voice. <laughs> you know, that Mickey Mouse thing. Where it's like really throaty and high-pitched. Um, I'm not perfect at it, but that is the fruit of my... La- it's better than I was when I was a kid. Uh, I was gonna say I'm like that. I'm like, what are you talking about? That that was actually really good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm very critical of my own stuff, but as uh, as a true artist would be, uh, we're all we're all our own worst critics. Critics, I should say. So that's a mood. As anyone is. Basically, TLDR. Big fan (laughs) of Mickey Mouse as a kid. Wanted to do the voice. Uh, Here I am. Out of curiosity, um, have you been watching the newer Mickey Mouse shorts? Do you like them? Any thoughts? Oh, I haven't seen the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse just yet, but I've seen a bunch of the old ones that Tara worked on. They're so good. Oh, they're so good. I love it. It's literally the perfect way to reinvent Mickey Mouse. I think it's the best content Mickey Mouse has ever been a part of. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. It's like I, I remember it took the style originally when I first saw it, it took a little bit of an adjustment because it is very different from what you would expect of a Mickey Mouse cartoon. It's very, 
in a way of like uh, it's taking the classic pie eye but also making it run and stimpy in a way so mm. you're kind of like it's like oh this is this is cool it's different and cool and i'm like i just have to get used to looking at it and then it's like once you're like actually past like one episode you're kind of already adjusted to it because you're like okay i'm up to speed this is the energy of the show oh yeah and it's so funny and it's so clever and (laughs) this is this is this is really specific but i just love how how goofy a lot of the voice direction can be like specifically Mm -hmm. i i love um i'm gonna mispronounce his name chris diamantopoulos um, mm-hmm. The guy that voices Mickey in those shorts. I love that uh, just this one specific episode where he, um, you know, where, where Minnie is dreaming of him being like this very prince-like character or whatever. And he's in front of the fridge. He looks like a like like he's homeless. He's like, you have any milk inside of your fridge? And then like he <laughs> opens the fridge and then like Minnie's imagining this super statuesque like princely character. And then it's just Mickey like, how old is this milk? And it's the same voice actor and everything just doing that. It's so funny to me. I just love just how much creative freedom and, like, just insanity there is in that cartoon. And also, also just, um, what have you guys seen the scene where, like, Goofy is just screaming, like, Whoa, Donald, you look like damn! Have you guys seen that? Yes, yes I, I was just that. about to say that's that very exact scene of just, like, yeah, you don't look too bad. And then, hey, everybody. Oh, God, Donald, you look like death. He's literally screaming at the top of his lungs. Whoa, Donald, you look like death. <laughs> I love it so much. Bill Farmer went all the way for us. He didn't have to do that, but he did it anyway. <laughs> he did it. And I know in the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse, uh, there's like this line where it's like, um, boy, do I love the code. And Goofy's like, tell, tell us more about the code. And then, <laughs> The code, the code. code. That's literally all I've seen of the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse, but it's so funny. The expressions are so much fun. Just they're so out there, and I love how far they'll push them. I think, again, it's like, um, I think, especially the moments, because Mickey is so different in these cartoons compared to his previous incarnations because he's allowed to be so over the top that it's, I I think it's the uh, episode... Uh, it's the one with with uh, with Fifi brought back, and it's where she like absolutely hates Mickey when he comes over to Minnie's house, mm-hmm. uh, her pet dog. And I just remember when he shows up, and she's like, "Oh, Mickey, but you're three hours early." And he's like, "Huh? You know, I'm just obsessed with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just obsessed with you." <laughs> I love that delivery. <laughs> The thing so is, is that great. looking back, I feel like this this new incarnation of Mickey Mouse in the shorts actually, in a lot of ways, reminds me reminds me of classic SpongeBob and how they would allow mm-hmm. classic SpongeBob to be like very free, this very like open character that you know would go through a huge range of like spectrums from being like um. Don't worry, Squidward, I will help you. Like, he'll literally do, like, the super... He'll go from, like, Ah, don't worry, Squidward, I am here to save the day. You know, (laughs) where he will, like, literally switch on a dime. And, you know, they're not afraid to kind of do that and suspend your disbelief. They do that in the new Mickey Mouse shorts all the time. It's so good. Yeah, especially shows the range of Tom Kenny when you look at, like, SpongeBob in those moments and how much he influenced comedic timing and, and vocal changes and stuff like that that where other people mm-hmm. would be able to adapt to that as well um yeah it's uh, th- those mickey the new mickey mouse cartoons i absolutely adore them there and wonderful world of mickey mouse is, is fantastic i still there's a, still a couple episodes i still have to 
I still have to see, but uh, but I've loved I've loved what I've seen so far as a continuation of the other cartoons, um, and uh, yeah, I guess uh, I guess the follow up to that would be uh, once you once you were inspired, how did you get your start in the industry? Where what was your first foot in, uh, in on the path to voice acting? So my first introduction was basically when I was I think like eleven or twelve. Uh, I got my very first uh, computer, and you know I had my own personal computer, and so I'm like, I'm gonna make a YouTube channel. <laughs> so I made a YouTube channel, and um, I um, I still the old YouTube channel still exists, and uh, there's a whole bunch of like Sonic the Hedgehog, like Windows Movie Maker slideshows. Bless. Mm, yes. <laughs> just just a bunch of slideshows of like Son like with with Sonic music. And one thing in particular that all of them have is all of them at the very end say th- say goodbye. Like, they all say goodbye at the very end in text. <laughs> like, just goodbye. And um, the first recorded audio of myself is literally on one of those videos. It's it's The video is just titled Sonic Music Video. At the very end, there's, like, this really bad drawing of Tails that I did <laughs> as, like, a little <laughs> 11 or 12-year-old kid. And it's just my voice going, like, and that's the first <laughs> recorded audio of me that's on the internet. I can Aww. I can probably find it. Uh, I'll send it to you afterwards. But oh, absolutely. It Please is it is it is one of the oldest. I'll I'll find it right now while I speak. It was one of the oldest things I've ever recorded. But um, I pretty much got my start just doing like Sonic fan dubs. I just did Sonic fan dubs with a bunch of people on YouTube. And uh, they eventually introduced me to this website called the Voice Acting Alliance, which no longer exists. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would go on that site and I would audition for anime fan dubs or cartoon fan dubs. And um, I would just, it was nothing major. Again, it was all just fan projects at the time. But, you know, that's how I kind of got my start in trying to, you know, practice my voice and uh, act and whatnot and make friends. And uh, I made a lot of lot of pretty good friends, a lot of, lot of bad friends also, <laughs> uh, a lot of bad influences, as, as we all do growing up. Yeah. I was a, I was a very impressionable kid. Um, and so I made a lot of, a lot of bad friends. And, uh, <laughs> you know, looking back, I'm like, damn, they, they set me back a little bit. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, there's um there's a lot of good people that I met throughout my tenure on the Voice Acting Alliance, and uh, you know, moving on from that, um, that did fuel me with with um the the passion to try and move on. Uh, I didn't really take voice acting as seriously as I do now until I think 2015. Mm. Uh, 2015 is when I really started actually trying to audition for original paid projects. Okay. I was gonna say, uh, did you ever, did you ever take like, a, or I, I, did you ever have any coaching or were other voice actors like maybe coaching you on how to like help strengthen certain aspects of of your vocal talents, like where they kind of coached you and helped push you, push your, you know, basically helping you to grow. Everybody talks about how coaching is necessary, and I agree. Coaching is very good for you, very important. I think that if you have the opportunity to and if you can afford to, you absolutely should take some coaching or some workshops. I took one workshop in my entire tenure of doing anything, and I was so sleep-deprived that it meant nothing because <laughs> I took a 12-hour drive to New York City to go there. Oh, wow. And uh, my, my mother drove me. Uh, I slept bless. in the car ride. My mother, thankfully, God bless her soul, she, um, she did that for me. Uh, I said, God bless her soul as if she's dead. She's still alive. <laughs> uh, 
She's uh How old were you? Oh, this was like in 2017, so I was like maybe Oh, okay. 20... This was just only a couple of years ago. Okay. No, it was 2016 actually. So I was like maybe 22, 22, okay. 21, 21, 22, something like that. But um I was so sleep deprived, I was so exhausted, so like nervous that I literally had lost every ability I had because I was just so nervous. My my throat was all tightened up, and I was really nervous, so I couldn't perform as well as I would have liked to. Um, but it's they, there was still some good information there that helped me a little bit. Um, other than that, though, I haven't really done any coaching. It's mostly been you know through experience, which you know you can learn a lot through experience and through knowing people. But mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's it's a good idea to have you know, professional advice a lot of the time too and like professional counseling just to make sure that you're on a good path, you're not doing anything destructive. Right. Um, but yeah, I've only taken one workshop and that was back in 2016. Okay. Yeah, because I think about like, yeah, it's funny when you said you're making making sure you're not doing anything destructive and all I can think of is anybody that, especially when you think of somebody like D. Bradley Baker who like I've seen, I saw him in person, went back in college. He came for one of my classes, uh, I think it might have been even been like at my character design class or studio pitch class. Either way, uh, he came by and he's like, I'm not even sure what my actual voice is anymore because I swear every two <laughs> seconds I'm changing into another voice and I'm just comfortable doing that. It's just how I am now. And and he, but because he's known for a lot of like creature noises and animal noises and all that kind of stuff for video games, TV, all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's he's Perry the platypus for God's sakes. Uh, he's yeah, uh, Perry. But... He's a lot of creatures in Avatar: uh, The Last Airbender as well, if I recall, um, mm-hmm. and a few other things. Yeah, he's he, he's pretty much a chameleon. He's he's in so much stuff you wouldn't realize until you saw his name in the credits. But yeah, he's he's absolutely phenomenal talent. Uh, that and to see how he contorts his face to make some of the noises he makes, like I mean. At one point, he smushed half his face with both his hands to make a snarling noise, like to make it sound like almost like a, almost like a minotaur or, or like, uh, or just like a, I want to say like man bear pig kind of, <laughs> like it's like uh. <laughs> almost like a roar but also a squeal. Like he's like saying, "I'm trying to like make all these like fantasy animal noises, so I have to like fuse a bunch of animals together." And so, but in order to do that, I'm gonna have to do a little uh interesting stuff to my face and so he just started like smushing half his face with hey, both his hands gotta do and i'm what like you hey gotta whatever do. works <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do to make the noise it's yeah. um you know i got a lot of respect for him he is super goddamn talented mm-hmm. incredibly talented and he's 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 always come across as being one of the nicest folks too mm-hmm. i remember uh actually some of my classmates, they there were like I think maybe two of them. They worked on a, a senior thesis film together at the end of their you know at the end of their four years, and they managed because of that class they they hooked up with him. And I think he I think he did it because he just wanted to. As uh, he lent his voice to their senior thesis because he just got to do like little puppy noises because it was around a dog running around Paris, and Aww. so he just like he did puppy noises, puppy whines and puppy pants and uh, yeah and so they have a senior thesis with Dee Bradley Baker in their credits <laughs> that is awesome yeah so uh, yeah he he seems like like he was genuinely like really chill and really nice when he came to visit so I I would I, I would I believe everybody else too when they say he's like incredibly nice 
He's always seemed that way. I've never actually met him or interacted with him, but just from interviews and from videos of him interacting with people, he's just he just seems like a genuinely sweet soul. Yeah, it it, it, it and that was really cool to see him in, in person doing all the voices. But it was just that's what I just think of uh, going back to the point of just don't be destruct. Try not to be too destructive. Is yeah, because you're if you're destroying, you have to make sure that you're taking care of your voice and your body and everything to make sure that you can do what you do. Otherwise, if you push it too too hard, it's it's yeah, you may put yourself out of commission for a bit. Like if somebody screams too loud, or if they make a or if they make a noise or a voice that's too gruff on their vocal cords. Like I think Alex Brightman's one of those rare oddities where he said I can go that Beetlejuice gravelly gruff without actually damaging my vocal cords at all. Like I don't feel anything. That's what he said. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's so. I guess it's like you use you do the same thing with making sure that you take care of your voice as well. Uh, yes. I admittedly not as good as I should, <laughs> but <laughs> I try. I um back in the day, back in like twenty sixteen or seventeen, I remember there was just this point where I did like a screaming session for a recording. And uh, I totally blew my voice out, and it was gone, like, completely, oh. And like, after a few days. And, like, it started to come back, but my voice was really weak. And so, like, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go even harder. And so I fucking, I just, I just, I just was like, I'm going to destroy my voice. And so I screamed again. I did, like, a sore throat singing cover where I screamed while singing a, oh. a song. And I was like, this is so stupid. This is a bad idea. <laughs> it was funny sounding, but it was not a good idea. My voice is gone for a month. But um, this was thankfully at a time where I didn't have much work, so I was okay. <laughs> um, and my voice has made a full recovery, so I'm good. Don't yeah, don't. I mean, you sound crystal clear to me. So don't <laughs> don't do stuff like that. You know, be smart about it. Don't don't <laughs> ah, and then, you know, do that nonstop, and then just keep ah, <laughs> you know, like like I just did. Don't don't you know ah. <laughs> I just imagine these moments of like, you know, like, hold on. It's it's the pulling yourself away. Hold on for a sec while I go have a freaking episode. Hold on. Give me one second. <laughs> <laughs> I can scream pretty comfortably um, without disturbing anything. I'm kind of used to screaming. Um, now, if I scream for a long time <laughs> or really, really hard, then that might push it. Yeah, yeah. But doing just those, that's fine. That's nothing. <laughs> yeah, all I can, I, I was thinking of uh, Matt Lillard, who uh, he actually used to be my neighbor. Uh, he, oh, nice. Yeah, it, it, that was just a small world thing. I remember I was walking my dog once and he jogged past me and it took me a, minute, a second to realize who had just jogged past me. <laughs> Because he's so tall, but he runs like Shaggy. I'm not gonna lie. He's this is that's hilarious. It's so it was so cool. Um, and uh, thing is, I was always so bashful. I never said hi. To him. Oh. But I was just like Lauren, you you missed your chance. Yeah, but I saw him plenty. I would see him. I'd see him like literally at every coffee shop and restaurant. He he went to. I know. I noticed because I would go to Starbucks a bunch. He'd go to Starbucks a bunch. I'm like, man, you have an addiction as bad as I do at this point. <laughs> you kept yeah. going to the same Starbucks. I'd see him there anyway. <laughs> but um, but I do remember the story that he did to get um to get his first role as Shaggy for even just the the, the live action movies, and that's what cemented his his role uh, for so many years after that was he sat in his car before his audition and he just screamed in his car to get to that that horse raspy like 
broken voice so that way when he went in and he did the voice thing that and they're like yeah you're perfect <laughs> that's hilarious yeah it's like, okay, he's like i don't I recommend a... it but that's how i got it <clears throat> i have a role that's very similar um there's this there's this like point and click cookie like you know cookie clickers right you know like how yeah, you click yeah. or whatever there's a game I, I i voice in called blush blush that's like an anime boy um cookie clicker game where you like click on them they'll say quotes and uh, you have to get them up um you know get their stats up and whatnot so they mm-hmm. fall in love with you it, it's it's one of those kinds of games it, it's it's the boy version of crush crush um but i voice in one of those and i voice two characters uh one character is mostly my regular voice just around here but then the other character is like this big like markiplier kind of character who um you know, it's very much inspired by Mark and the way they look. And a lot of their quotes are very Markiplier inspired. <laughs> so I just remember that when I had to record for him, because um, if I like if I try to do it now, it might not sound as like consistent. I'll lose the voice. So like I would mm-hmm. um, I would just basically <clears throat> I would yell for a bit just to kind of like, you know, make my voice degrade just a little bit. And then I would shift it down and try to do the voice like this. Oh, I, my God. I. <laughs> It's not as great as it is in the recording right now, but it's it's around this pitch where it's a it's quite a low voice. It's uh basically a parody Markiplier kind of sound. <laughs> Discount Markiplier. That, yeah. <laughs> that's that's incredibly spot on though, and it's just I I did meet I did meet Mark once and hit, hear his voice in person. I'm like, oh my god, it literally is that golden just. <laughs> yeah, because so what's funny is. If you listen to his old voices or his old his old videos and his voice back then, like it's clear that he pushed his voice down to get to that point because his his old videos he's like, "Hello, everybody. My name is Markiplier, and welcome." And like you can you can hear that just over the course of time, you know, doing that showman like voice mm-hmm. that it just it just gradually actually made his voice legitimately deeper because that's that you know that's something that you can do even well into your adult years is if you if you push your voice enough it'll still get deeper even if you're like already an older you know gentleman mhm yeah that's amazing so if i were to just if i were to just constantly yell and try to shift my voice downward i'd probably be able to make it just naturally sit in this range but i'm not going to do that because i don't want to <laughs> i want my voice to stay here it's like great. Now there's two Markipliers running around. <laughs> it, <laughs> uh, I don't think it's that close of a voice, but it is. It like I, I try to capture the energy of Mark basically with that kind of character. Like just, just it, it's it's like a parody kind of like just how announcers will yell like every third or fourth word where it's like, "Hello, everybody. My name is Mark. My name is Markiplier, <laughs> and welcome to Let's Play." You know how it'll just some words will just be shouted. <laughs> Yeah. I try to kind of take that into consideration. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's a fun character. And that's one of those voices where I also have to, like, stress my voice a little bit to be able to naturally sit there. Um, it's it's a little deeper in the actual game. Um, yeah. It, it, it's one of those voices where you do have to stress your voice out a little bit. But it's not, it, it doesn't hurt to do, thankfully. Right. Yeah, I was, and and you know you got so much incredible range. Like, uh, I think that's one of those things that this is when so many people say they want to get into voice acting, but it's like it's such a a tight. It's it's like a it's a small community in general when you think about it. It's small, tight knit, and everybody kind of knows each other to a degree. 
uh, is how do you set yourself apart in ever-growing online voice acting community in particular? Because when there's so many people that try to do it, how do you how do you make sure you set yourself apart? Be yourself. Be yourself. Um, have fun. Do what you genuinely enjoy. If you're honest with who you are and you're just real, people will acknowledge that you're real. Because there's a lot of people in the voice acting scene that are, you know, that, that, that are basically, um, I don't want to say fake, but there's going to be people that might not necessarily be honest with themselves mm, right. in the scene. Most, most of them are, you know, aspiring and they'll, they'll, they'll over time realize who they are, who they, who they, you know, want to be, um, and whatnot. But as far as, you know, my personal advice, just be yourself, have fun, be a good person, be kind, you know, the thing that really gets you far in this industry is being nice and being friendly and being, you know, mm -hmm. a good person. Because if you're, if you're like a show off, if you're someone that's like um, gonna brag about certain things, people might be off put. Um, mm -hmm. Not to say you shouldn't be proud of your accomplishments or your ability, you know, certainly do be proud. Um, but it's a matter of not being arrogant i suppose yeah. <laughs> you know if, if you're a kind person and you get along with everybody people will want to work with you uh but if you're if you're more entitled or if you're more like um more the type to um to be judgmental or to be very um very boastful then mm -hmm. maybe people mm -hmm. will be less inclined to work with you just just be yourself be be nice have fun do it because you love to do it yeah yeah and I was just going to say, as a producer, like, it's the last thing you want to, like, hear through the grapevine when, you know, maybe not even a voice actor, but anyone who's working on one of your productions is kind of, like, you know, obnoxiously bragging about being a part of them. And it's just like, oh, like, I, like, right, you like what you talked about being proud and that's all good. But when they're using those kind of, like, positions to project authority or project, like, um, superiority in a way. Superiority, yeah, it's just it's it it's very disheartening, and it's my, it makes you feel all gross and ugh, I need to take a shower. <laughs> my friend, I have a, I have a few friends where um we'll sometimes get into fake arguments with each other, and I'll just <laughs> joke be, be like be like, listen, buddy, I'm the voice of Angel Dust and has been, <laughs> you know, just as a joke. <laughs> like obviously, I don't actually like think that way, and I I there's no I would never. Like use a statement like that as a way to like you know get away with anything because in in the end of th in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't yeah. really matter that much it's not like a social status or anything it's just people that use you know use anything like that as a way to get their way I don't know I think it's kind of icky yeah I, that's what what's been cool though is especially when I hear I, I that's why I to kind of sort of not so much plug but because I mean I feel like anybody that's listening to the podcast at this point is already knows about about the honey cast and everything <laughs> but if they don't it's just like I love listening to all the voice actors sitting together and it's it's always I, I love hearing everybody jab at each other it's just I love it's that camaraderie I like to hear and uh, it, it's it's I think especially when we were talking about you know how people if you're if you're you know if you're humble and if you're just genuinely nice it's like everybody gets along right uh all yeah. i can think of is every time i would hear ben come on hey is that emmy award winning ben diskin is that emmy award winning voice actor benjamin diskin <laughs> <laughs> i know it's so fun ben is the sweetest guy he's so nice he seems like oh he my is. gosh i was so intimidated by him but he's so nice 
he's literally the kindest soul. I love him. Yeah, it's it's uh, it sounds like everybody has so much fun, but yeah, it's, it's every time Ben comes on, it's almost like he it, 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 he is that ray of sunshine. <laughs> yeah, like, when it comes to the honey cast and stuff, the thing that I think really helps it shine is that everybody is themselves on there. Mm-hmm. It's it's um it's nothing is like pre-planned. Um everything that happens is basically live. We're all just kind of messing around in real time just being ourselves. Um, now, sometimes we can exaggerate ourselves a little bit just for fun, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not like we're putting on any kind of personality or anything. We're we're genuinely all being true to ourselves and just having a good time. Yeah. And they tend th- those streams tend to go on a lot longer than uh, they should sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we um you get so many good moments out of that, and God only knows how many animated. Yo, know, honey cast clips have come out. There are out so of many. <laughs> Hold on. The animated honey cast um playlist actually has like I think over 20 million views. Ooh. Wow. The playlist no it's almost at 20 million views uh wow. here. I just posted a link for you guys to look at. It's Perfect. almost at 20 million views just the playlist in general for animations oh, wow. for the honey cast. It's insane. Oh. That's in, that's incredible. It shows the and it shows how 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 much impact you guys have had. It's not even so much. It's like you've. Not, it's not even so much just just even in the views. Like it's been so impressive to see what the Honeycast have been able to provide in in, in the fundraisers and and uh, crowdfunding and and just like just overall just being doing good things and amazing things and even just being that nice little nice little thing in someone's day to make their day a little bit better. I think that's just been awesome to see over the years. Yeah. Yay, charity. <laughs> I'm glad that the Honeycast has been such a good form of of, uh, of media for a lot of people and that a lot of people have, um, you know, been able to find inspiration or find, you know, comfort in it. That's honestly, at the end of the day, I think that's the most important thing that anything we make can do is to make someone happy or make someone comfortable, Give to give them something that makes them feel, feel safe yeah. or feel like inspired in any way. Just being able to do that for anybody is, is literally the greatest honor. I feel like that's, that's just that's uniquely one of the best things that anything can do for someone. Yeah, that's so sweet. And I think that's like the healthy way creators could should motivate themselves and like, you know, we make fun of people that like, you know, prove themselves with their subscriber numbers or their accomplishments and stuff. And it's just like um, you know, and that's uh, like speaking of like cons and stuff, that's why I think we all miss them is we get to see that, you know, direct human interaction and get to hear like real people talking about like how nice and helpful our content is when um, they need it or when they're going through a bad time and stuff. Sorry, I'm a little tired. Um, You're good. So, <laughs> you know, um, I think, you know, and, and, and bad people and, you know, it's just, ooh, it, it can be messy. So, like, when you, you, like, when people, people should be focusing on those good achievements and not just, like, you know, subscriber numbers and views and stuff like that. But we've we've talked about that before on um, this specific podcast. But I, I'm just agreeing with you. <laughs> no, yeah, because I think that people that have their, you know, judgments clouded by, you know, uh, clout, actually, by clout or fame mm-hmm. or recognition. I don't know. I feel like that can have a negative impact. Like, I think it's good to acknowledge the um, 
the amount of people that are inspired by your work like like if you have a large number of followers or subscribers i think it's good to like you know acknowledge that you have made an impact but it's not good to let that cloud your judgment and to make you think mm-hmm. oh i'm better than the common man no <laughs> right. uh you're cuz at the end of the day a lot of us you know especially in this internet generation where everybody is everybody's equally capable of reaching those heights just you know, from their own works alone, um, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. independently on the internet, it's important to not not get a big head over it. Because at yep. the end of the day, you're just you're you're just the same as everyone else, except maybe now you have a lot more influence, and maybe now you have a you you know you just have a lot more opportunities because of that. It it, it doesn't make you relatively better than anybody else. It just means that you have a lot more eyes on you. Right. Yeah, diffusing a lot of that stuff was especially fun in the the horse fandom because of just how like that extra layer of ridiculousness that it became because it was like, you know, horse people and horse avatars and like uh fun 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 good old days. So you know. I was not involved in anything horse related. I know that my girlfriend Ashley was in a lot of ways. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. Ashley, um, back in the day, like like five years ago or something she actually did one of my um thumbnails like forever ago she's yeah she's super sweet i i was gonna be like tell hashley i said hi and 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 she's a good bean um like after but i'll just bring it up now but yeah so like we've <laughs> talked a little bit i'll be sure she knows yeah so um but yeah, yeah but uh, there's there's but... I, I know that the horse fandom had a has a lot of a lot of lot of problems <laughs> <laughs> I've on and off a lot of problems and it seems it seems like even like after the I guess we could say after Gen 4 ended, uh, it seemed like because, especially when COVID hit, when there weren't any more uh, uh, conventions to go to and to congregate, uh, there started to be so much more online drama again. And I think it's because people were just like realizing there's no content. And so they're like making them, they're just making messes to have something to do. (laughs) And so Uh, it's Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. But it was, uh, I'm like, why, why are you guys being a mess? There's, there's nothing warranting this. <laughs> yeah, I don't, again, I haven't really kept up with anything. I, I have been made aware that a lot of people from the horse days have actually transitioned to Hasbin Hotel, which is oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I hope that, I hope that everything is going well there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so far it seems like things have been going well for anybody that, I mean, it's, again, everybody kind of transitioned out of there. I've only seen a few things. I've only seen a few things that have been kind of problematic in the has-been community. Like, there's that's going to be a thing in any community when it gets big yeah. enough. Oh, I've yeah. seen a few things, but for the most part, most people that I've met in the community for has-been have been very sweet and very nice. And I hope, I hope that it stays that way. Yeah, yeah, I I feel you. And you know, like like you said, that's what happens when you have a certain amount of people in cloud, and especially like. You know, the show is kind of like also like low key talking about like working with an internet cast when you're making original productions and stuff like that. But, you know, like internet stuff in general, like you don't know where people have like come from and then some like stuff happens and then you're like, oh, I got to deal with this headache or stuff like that versus like, you know, would still are still things that happen in a real job. Like, don't get me wrong, but you know, it's just like it's just a different, a different animal, like as mm-hmm. well, if that makes any sense. It's yeah. those. I guess it's messy. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. I guess kind of, sort of on that tangent, because uh, I, I, I was gonna say, because you pretty much, you pretty much are able to work from home in what you do, 
all the time, right? Like even before COVID, were you working from home or were you going into studios to record? How does that, what is your typical workflow for, for recording? So here's what's funny is um, before, so I, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest and say that Has Been Hotel is literally the, the, the project that helped boost me up in a lot of ways and helped me mm-hmm. kind of be a little more known. And also Honeycast, obviously that, Honeycast started before the pilot for Has Been dropped, but mm-hmm. um, as far as that goes, um, I've never actually walked into a studio and recorded anything. I've always oh, worked wow. from home because I, um, you know, I don't have uh, a, a casting agent right now. I'm hoping to have one this year. Um, I'm just now starting to take the steps necessary to actually get into doing studio work. That's but, great. As far as things are for now and, you know, as far as things have been, I've always been a um, an independent contractor that has just done work um, for a lot of independent projects. And uh, I've, I've always found work through public um, casting calls or through, you know, whatever has been sent to me privately. Um, mm. So, so no, I've... I've never actually had to walk into a studio. The anime that I'm recording right now, Akudama Drive, mm-hmm. that's all done from home. That's fantastic. Wow. Every single actor that every single actor, that's a that's a Funimation dub. Every single person that's recording on that is doing it from home. That's and, that's um, amazing. It's really interesting. It's really interesting seeing how anime in particular uh, has been able to transition from being, you know, largely in a studio environment to being recorded from home. Yeah, I feel like to a degree that saves a lot of money on, on like again you, when you have to rent a studio space or you have to, or you you know or if a business has to own like a brick and mortar place. Now that, I think that's something that COVID has especially brought forth was this huge surgence of being able to because we're everyone's working from home and everybody having and so many people having to adapt to a new workflow in that regard. Uh, but also seeing how animation has flourished and how many facets of animation have been able to, you can do it all from home. And, espe- and especially when you see projects like Has Been, where it's all been able to be done remotely and all over the world and able to be done at a professional grade and and look even better than some professional projects do in in, in the in, out, you know, outside of independent stuff. So it's like right. And then it, like obviously there's other there's other projects too like Hell of a Boss continuing that. Lackadaisy, yeah. the short film for Lackadaisy is also continuing that trend where everything is done from home. Yeah. Everyone's recorded from home. Everyone um I think everyone's recorded from home. I'm pretty sure they are. Um and then everybody uh that's in the animation department is doing it all from home as well. Uh I think that's kind of a staple for everything right now, though, given the state of the world. Yeah, yeah, um, but, but I think it's like. But especially... again, has been has been did that before the the world ended. Exactly. That's why so. I said they kind of set the standard almost in a way of saying like, see, it can be done. We were all able to do it from home, from all different parts of the world, and collaboratively. And it's still. And being... It was done fast too. Mm-hmm. It was done pretty fast. I recorded for Hasman Hotel in August 2017, and it released in October 2019. So that's like two years. That's ridiculously wow. fast, especially for when it's basically a 30 minute pilot. That's yeah, and and a musical one at that. That had it has so much detail and so many little nuances. All all everything about it was just so, is so much fun and it's just eye candy and ear candy and everything about it is just it's just so wonderfully lovingly crafted 
And for that to be done so quickly, I, yeah, no, it blows my mind to this day. And um, I still revisit the pilot because it's just it's just so mind-boggling. And I'm so... We're all very proud of a lot of the work that we were able to do in that yeah, pilot. Yeah, you should and I'm, be. I'm, it's amazing. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see what comes next for, uh, for Has Been. Yeah, and then I've been loving every second of Hell of a Boss and uh, and seeing all the work being done there and just how every episode will just, as it seems to be going on, where it just keeps upping the ante with every with every single episode. It was just like, what what next? What's going to happen next? Oh my god! Oh right? my god! Oh my god! It's like, <laughs> it's 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 yeah, it's it's fun. It's really fun to see all of this being done and and so impressive too and again like i said it's almost like they were setting the especially when you have projects like has been and lackadaisy and they're all like setting the standard of what it means to be able to make a quality product all from home without having to go you don't have to move to another state or the other side of the world to work at a animation studio for say it's like now i'll be able you can all do it from home as long as you have like the tools so <laughs> I'm hoping I'm hoping that this sets kind of the standard and people are able to record for like for, for my line of work for like voice acting. I hope this kind of sets the standard and allows for a lot more talent to be allowed to record from home. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm going to be real, I like I like California. I, I you know, we're planning to move to Burbank to be directly in that hot spot where mm-hmm. everything is. But I would love to move back to Seattle if uh, I don't have to be there. <laughs> If I don't have to live in Los Angeles to get work, I would love to go back to Seattle. <laughs> I guess at the very least, if you're here, you can see a bunch of L.A. people and hang out with them <laughs> when, no, when it's safe to do so at the, one point. <laughs> that's the saving grace of Los Angeles is while I, I've only been there a few times and it seems like a nice enough place. The main thing, the main reason to go there would be the work and the friends, uh, mm-hmm. the friends especially, because there's a lot of people are all you know, all in that same area, and it's easy enough to hang out, which is unfortunate given the fact that we can't actually see each other right now. (laughs) But, you know, hopefully hopefully things kind of improve with the vaccine and everything. I I doubt that we'll still go out and do stuff even afterwards just to be safe, but let's hope that things kind of get better in the next year. Yeah, yeah not, knock not, on not, wood. Not by not have to wait like five years. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'd I, love I to do more stuff before I'm thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'll die here. It's fine. But yeah, I always make a joke because like I I moved out to LA like about a year before COVID, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, I finally got settled, and then like I have to like come back to my parents' house in defeat because of COVID, just like you know, like, LA is so bad right now, so there's mm-hmm. no point. But, you know, that's not my fault directly. So, you know, just wait it out. Yeah. That's how it be. <laughs> I guess it, it, it related in a way to being able to work from home, what are some of the tools uh, and devices, maybe programs, what are the ones you believe are necessary or you recommend uh, using especially for like anybody that wants to be to get into voice acting what are your personal tools of the trade so as far as getting into it so there's there's um depending on if you want to get into it you know just just to kind of um cleanse your palate just to kind of get used to it um i would recommend not investing too much money into it at first just in mm-hmm. case it's not actually something you want to pursue you know if you want to do mm-hmm. it for fun or make little personal things um 
I would recommend investing in a nice little USB microphone just to start off with and recording in Audacity. The, the USB microphone that I usually recommend is the Samson Meteor microphone. I, I use that one for traveling. Mm. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. I can't right now because no traveling. <laughs> but um, I, have, in theory. I, I have that one you know, as like a travel microphone. And I also um, I, I, I specifically bought it basically just to test because I had a friend that used that mic. And he always sounded really good, really good on it. And I was surprised that it was like a $60 USB microphone. Um, and so I got it. it. It's a very good microphone if you have it in a good space. Um, I would recommend getting a cheap microphone like the Samson Meteor mic if you're just starting out. Um, record with Audacity. Uh, that's a free program that you can use. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, go on a website like um, like Casting Call Club or check uh, Twitter or Tumblr for opportunities like hashtag voice acting, hashtag casting call. Those are a lot of the big things. There's a site called the cast or the voice acting club. There's there's casting call club and there's voice acting club. Both are great sites mm -hmm. that have um, opportunities for starting voice actors. Um, and from there, you know, if if you want to get into more professional territory, if you're you know if you've done this for a bit and you think you're ready to um to try and get more actual like work work, mm -hmm. um, I would say to invest the, the best starter. XLR setup I could think of would be like an AT2020 XLR microphone. That's mm -hmm. like 100 bucks. That's not too bad considering how expensive they can go for. Oh, yeah. Um, and like <laughs> uh, a Focusrite Scarlet Solo usually gets you pretty far. That's that's a pretty okay starting interface. That that alone would cost you about like 200 bucks even still. It's not cheap. It's not cheap to get into voice acting, especially professionally. Um I mean the the microphone that I'm on right here was a thousand dollars. Wow! And uh, it's not cheap. <laughs> the the but thing hey, is though, as long as the quality in the end is you that's sound what good. Matters. So I mean, hey, that's here's not, what yeah, though. Like I was gonna say, you sound here's, great. So <laughs> here's what though. Here's what though. I think that you don't actually need to spend a thousand dollars on a good sound. You could mm -hmm. get just as good a sound as this on that hundred dollar microphone if you know what you're doing. If you're in a good treated space, mm -hmm. you don't need mm -hmm. to have something like this. I only got this thousand dollar microphone because a client specifically wanted me to have it. <laughs> oh bless! I only invested in it because a client wanted me to have it, and I'm like, you know, it's future proofing. Whatever. Um, the microphone I used before this was like two hundred bucks, and it got me through just fine. I recorded the has been pilot with it, and um, it's it's perfect. Um, the one I used originally was the Studio Projects C1. It's like an off-brand microphone, but it was really nice. Um, there's there's a lot of different tools that you can use. End of the day, TLDR, I went on a ramble for a bit. Um, <laughs> if you're starting off, Samson Meteor Mic is pretty good. It's 60 bucks, not too expensive. Record in Audacity. Mm -hmm. Go on some websites. Have fun. If you're looking to start getting paid, um, don't go too expensive still. AT2020 XLR, Scarlet Solo, you'll be golden. Perfect. Yeah, like even as is right now, like because like, if I do record for any projects, it's like it's 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 like I I don't do like major voice products projects, but uh, if I do need to lend my voice in any little way, uh, even what I'm recording on right now, I, like I have base level just like like a blue snowball, and then I have a little soundproof box, and then I have Audacity. Like that's what I run off of. And <laughs> hey, that's how a lot of people start too. And yeah. uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, start with what you can. Yeah. I recorded, I just recorded in an open bedroom uh, with my Samson <laughs> CO1U microphone 
but yeah, like we all have different places that we start out and yeah. um you know, I've personally never owned a blue snowball, but I've seen one in person. They're way bigger than I expected them. <laughs> it's yeah, it's you, a that's a fat little microphone. Yeah, you could like beat someone with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it fits into this nice little soundproofing box just just perfectly. And I and, and I have uh I have KP to thank for like she's like get yourself one of those little oh, like, boxes. It's literally like one of those like uh storage boxes you fold up and then you stick <laughs> like soundproofing foam in it and it it works perfectly. Like <laughs> Also, small yeah, question. Yeah. Small question about the uh, uh, oh god, the snowball microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard complaints from people that have used it that you have to get like really, really close to it to be able to even be audible. Is that is uh, that true from your experience, or are you able to be a decent distance from it? I'm able to be a, a decent distance from it because I think it just de- it depends on the gain in the program that you're using. Because honestly, my mic has been able to pick up a lot of stuff really easily, and so far in like pretty much every recording I've done for podcast in particular I haven't had any issues from like when people say oh the audio cuts out or I can't hear you really or I haven't had any issues with that so hey if 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 everybody else is fine with it too then I'm just like okay so then yeah you sound you sound quite clear to me so I was I was genuinely surprised to hear you're on a snowball cuz yeah. I'd always heard a lot of people talk crap about it <laughs> yeah and I'm like I've been knock on wood so far so good with this and I've had it for a little, I think I've had it for a year like, yeah no, about 2 years now I think okay. yeah just about 2 years maybe they heard the complaints and they they fixed it or something <laughs> I mean, when I saw when I when I saw the uh, snowball in real life, that was back in like 2014. So I, I don't know if there's like a new revision of it or not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, together with the with the snowball and and the soundproofing box, I think that still only cost me about seventy five dollars total. Like, <laughs> like that's and then um, then Audacity's free, so. There you go. And that's just like baseline. There's a wonderful YouTube account. There's a wonderful YouTube account that I watch that has a lot of good um, good videos on microphone equipment and also good ways to soundproof your spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Booth Junkie. His name is Mike Delgadio. Uh, mm. He does a lot of videos where he reviews microphones. He'll test microphones. He has a video of him where he's like, we're going to make a good vocal booth out of the worst possible space, where he basically, <laughs> you know, goes into his bathroom. He goes into his bathroom, which is, you know, obviously if you go into a bathroom, there's a lot of reverb. It's really metallic. It's not a good place to ever have a microphone. He goes in, He goes there, and he basically, you know, puts material up in there to try and make the sound better, and he does make it into a decent recording space. That's perfect. Like he just he just showcases what a little bit of you know foam or moving blankets or something what what those can do for your sound. Yeah, because in the end, it's all about uh, it's all about you know uh, percussion in the room, and uh, especially where uh, even long before I was doing anything here on the internet uh, and doing podcast stuff, I was friends with and I was friends with a ton of musicians. So I was so whenever they're talking about we need a proper space for percussion, if I was helping them. Or, or yeah, if I was, and they didn't want reverb and this and that, I was helping them scout out like different places to play in different venues. Uh, even in my college days, like helping friends out find find good places with good, uh, you know, acoustics in the place. Uh, that I had to t- 
listen for that kind of stuff being like okay we can't be in a space like this this is going to be too loud if based on your guys's level so we're going to have to go to a venue that's about this size and fits this many people like it was that kind of thing so mm-hmm. so when it comes down to like recording i was just like no i i'm like looking at you know every, all of the guards and all of the the foam and the blankets and i'm like always trying to make sure i'm like when i can hear myself play back i'm like i want to make sure i get as much crystal clear quality as i can get with the materials that i have so um and it's possible apparently if i sound good enough <laughs> now then i i'm doing something right yeah i agree yeah, so, this episode uh, got a lot t- more tactical than I thought it would. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, you're correct. You're correct in every way. You know, there's a lot of stuff to keep in mind when it comes to building an environment that is structurally sound for certain types of um, certain types of purposes. Like, you know, if you have a band and you want it to be like a dead sound, you're gonna want it to be padded up. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes you don't want it to be totally dead. You want to have a little bit of reflection because that helps with a lot of. Um, that, that that helps in a lot of ways. So you might not have it totally proofed. You might just have a little bit of sound absorption here and there, mm-hmm. but you'll still have a natural sound in the environment um, exactly. where it's where it's not totally dead. For voice acting, you generally want it to be pretty dead, but you know, for music, it's it's different. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. In the end, it is it is a lot about acoustics and controlling the acoustics that way uh, to get the sound you want. Uh, but yeah, especially for voice acting, when it comes down to like, you want to make sure the audio, the audio is as clean as you can possibly get it. Then yeah, you, you proof as much as you can to get that, to get that clean sound, un, that clean unripped sound. But also, also there's another thing. Um, a lot of voice actors record in their closets. Like I am right mm-hmm. now, I'm in a closet. <laughs> um, I know that for a lot of people, they actually prefer to have recordings done in like wide open spaces because it has a slightly more full sound. Mm. Whereas when you're inside of like a little closet space, it might sound a little tighter because mm. things are, you know, things are absorbing a lot closer to the microphone. And so that might make it sound a little more boxy, for instance. Yeah. So um, there's usually like a good balance. Like this kind of recording space is generally preferred, I think, for you know, commercials or promo work where you you want to sound really up close. But for animation, I think they generally prefer you to be in like a, a, a bigger room that's yeah. a little more open. Mm-hmm. I like to think about all the all the clips I've seen back in the days where you could be in a room together with people with no masks and be standing right next to each other uh, <laughs> is seeing how voice actors would sometimes record in the same room and you would hear them both at the same time and, and you're hearing their their genuine real reactions to each other as they're playing off each other as their characters and stuff like that uh and that and that they play with the space that way and then at the same time because they're recording that visually for the animators to use as reference uh then that adds even more to the performance down the line to that final product so it's yeah it, it it depends on the i guess it does it does depend on the project and like you said commercial work for just recording that or versus like a performance for animated uh, content, you know, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I like that there's a range. And yeah, again, it's, it comes down to uh, basing it on the kind of projects that you want to work on or, or are working on at the time. And you kind of have to, I guess, do research and do use your proper judgment to a, to a way in a way to make sure that you're doing it right. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I guess also uh, I just I just sent a link in the chat. You can disregard that for now. That's from a thing way way back. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just an old video oh of gosh. mine from when yes. I was back in like 2007. Oh. It's it's, oh. it's the one where I'm his tails going like goodbye. You got you got the water the watermark clips and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a bunch of random clips from Sonic. Bless. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'll have to t- definitely have to take a look after. <laughs> it's so old. <laughs> I was so young. <laughs> I, I live so I live young, this, like, so naive. I live for these little time capsule moments in people's lives. I love the description. It just says, my best video yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Baby Michael, the best is yet to come. <laughs> oh, you have a lot to learn, little little child. You have a lot sweet to summer learn. child, do you even know? <laughs> oh, my sweet summer child. Wait until wait until you voice the sex spider. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know, I guess on that on that note, uh, are there any roles you aspire to have in the future? Like maybe kinds of characters uh, that you'd like to per- perform, or maybe even certain kinds of projects that you thought you might try out. Um. So, like, my main goal with voice acting is specifically animation. I love animated series and mm-hmm. uh, cartoons, and uh, that's always kind of been the big thing that I've wanted to do. Is Voicing in cartoons and giving my voice to, um, you know, any character that that I would uh, be able to give a good voice for. Um, I'm not opposed to voicing characters that are wildly out of my range if I'm able to. Um, I don't really have any um, specific goals. I'd I'd like to try and you know do more in my <clears throat> in my in my lower tones, but I'm not I'm not gonna push for that too much. I'm I'm just happy to do whatever I can, and uh, again. Uh, most of the work that I enjoy lies in animation, but I, I, I'm i happy to try doing voice uh, voice acting for video games. Like, I'm in Billy Bust Up. That's a video mm-hmm. game. And uh, I've, I've done a lot of work for indie games, but once, I'm, once I have an agent, I'm hoping to have one sometime this year. Um, uh, I'm hoping to audition for as much as I can, be it animation, video games, anime, um... I, I, commercials maybe I've, I've never been a commercial guy but i'll try it uh <laughs> but yeah no i'm down to do basically anything uh so long as it's not um nothing very bad or negative <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i yeah it's funny when i will never do i will never do political like promos or commercials oh. i won't i won't do political no 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 that's good. that's a whole other messy territory you no 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 <laughs> it's oh. like i just want to do I... funny voices and, and and have fun with it okay and it's just like let me be happy <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna do anything like political like like if i'm doing a video game or, or cartoon and there's like you know political stuff mentioned that's different i'm mm-hmm. not gonna do like a you should vote for this candidate you know right. on like the radio i'm not gonna do that <laughs> oh no way no it's like not i wouldn't even do that i just i just would touch it um but uh but yeah just i guess a little slight tangent but relevant is that i i i I, as a sag actress i've actually been when when i was a kid i was in a lot of commercials and even a couple tv things here and there um but yeah it's a it's it's fun to do commercial work And, and then later on i think it was just after i graduated college so it was like when i was in the middle of trying to find a job out of college and um in the meantime I got to go back into acting for a little bit even if it was like smaller roles like background actor kind of stuff it was so much fun to be back on a set and being a part of like a 
like a whole little creative production vibe and it was mm-hmm. and and meeting so many people that way it's just it, it felt good in uh and honestly because uh going into animation you are an actor and you're just putting your energy into some into another character or another creature or something you're just putting your performance energy into that character so it felt it feels good to be a part of like the projects like that even if it's outside of what you usually are used to and this for me it was kind of going back over old ground a little bit but it was going back to my roots a little bit but because uh, I love TV acting it's it's so much fun uh, even yeah. if even if it's a million takes uh, <laughs> hey craft service is still good so <laughs> yeah I mean it's like as far as voice acting goes the thing that I really like about that also is that you know with with physical acting obviously you know, there's a lot of stuff that you will have to have, like, certain physical appearances to be able to pull off and whatnot. Or, you know, a lot of makeup. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of stuff like that. Whereas with animation, you can be literally anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that. I like that you can you can do just about anything. You could be, like, this, you could be this, like, skinny, small, short dude. But if you can pull it off, you could be, like, I am a hero! You, you could be, like, exactly. the exact opposite of that. If, like, even if you in real life are like this small wimpy looking guy you could you could completely change that if you're able to in your voice whereas you would not be able to pull that off in like you know a stage production or something on tv without mm-hmm. like you know a lot of makeup or effects Yeah, without four hours mm-hmm. you can do it all without four hours of makeup it just takes a uh, several months if not years to make the product but in the yeah. end <laughs> you get to make any, in the end you get to make anything possible so <laughs> Also, you can do though, it from home though, versus 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 live action acting, which has been on hold for so many projects because COVID. <laughs> but as far as as far as that also goes, I do want to say I do really genuinely admire a lot of the effort that goes into projects where they have an actor that, or actress that has to go through a lot of like makeup. Like like for instance, um, there's all there's always um Jim Carrey in the Grinch. That's mm-hmm. that's a lot of that's a lot of work. But also more recently, well not more recently, this is an old ass movie, but we me and Ashley were just rewatching um Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm, and yes. oh my God, Robin looks so good as Mrs. Doubtfire. They did such a phenomenal job with that makeup and e- bodysuit and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Or, and I'm so happy they so even good. did a musical based on Mrs. Doubtfire because it's just like it's taking it to the stage and just playing up with it and having fun with it and just yeah I, I love I love Mrs. Doubtfire. I haven't seen anything from the musical yet except for a poster and I'm I I I've heard good things I've heard very good things. Yeah, Rob McClure who who is in the lead role uh he came off of he like he came off of his role in Beetlejuice and went straight to Doubtfire. So I when I got to see. Beetlejuice back in December 2019 that was just after they announced that they were going to be evicted too in like June (laughs) it'd be sooner but (laughs) um but uh but he I I missed just him as he was leaving his role as Adam and going right into into stuff for Mrs. Doubtfire um but uh yeah I did see a couple clips of like uh a couple song performances that they were able to put up on tv to promote the show and I think it was just in previews, uh, bef- just as COVID hit, and so they're very close. So when they when when everything kind of comes back up, they'll be ready. Um, 
But yeah, no, it's, uh, but to go back to the original source material, I absolutely love the original Mrs. Doubtfire. It's, it's, so, it's such a, just a, just beautifully heartfelt movie. And at the same time, one thing that I forgot uh, about, one thing that I forgot about as a kid was that Robin literally was a voice actor in that movie. He just, mm -hmm. because the movie starts off with just him inside of a recording studio doing ADR for a cartoon. And um, mm -hmm. it's it's crazy to think that like literally his his role is just as this this performer this voice actor doing a cartoon he gets fired because he won't like smoke or whatever mm -hmm. uh, you know for the character let the character smoke and uh, <laughs> just just goes on from there it's it's uh it's really funny uh, especially knowing that that's not generally how animation voice acting works it's not <laughs> ADR usually uh, there is ADR but it's not to that extent usually. <laughs> I guess they wanted an excuse to to have to show off a Chuck Jones animation that they made for it. Oh, so. no doubt. It was beautiful. Chuck oh, Jones yeah. animation was gorgeous. No, we were very fortunate to have that in the movie uh, while we still had Chuck Jones around, too. So it was just like, that was great. <laughs> yeah. And also, obviously, you know, because, you know, the general audience isn't going to isn't going to know how. The animation process is it, it's a lot easier for them to digest something if it's you know the the animation already laid out for the actor playing to it yeah uh, especially right. for a movie uh but no that movie holds up extremely well it's so funny robin does such a phenomenal job it's it's incredible i love that movie so much it was much. the drink that killed him oh was he an alcoholic no literally a guinness truck ran him over the drink literally killed him <laughs> God, I, I I love the scene um where the the guy that uh his his ex wife starts talking to or whatever where he's just at the pool or whatever and Robin's you know Mrs Doubtfire is at the um at the bar <laughs> near the bowl of fruit and like he throws the the fruit at his head and then the dude looks back and he just gets up from where he's he's like oh no I saw it oh I'm so sorry I saw it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's clear that he was right there by the fruit bowl. <laughs> it's, it's just the funniest things like, oh, no, I saw it. <laughs> it it's I, it's one of my favorite Robin Williams roles, just because especially because he just gets to play up with especially like those angles where he tries to play off, you know, anytime he's being vindictive against Pierce Brosnan. It's just so fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those movies also where like, you know, it could have it could have potentially had moments that were problematic, but it didn't. It no. didn't at all. It was good the whole way through. There's nothing that's ever like that bad. Yeah. It's totally a wonderful funny movie. It walks the line just enough to be like, you know, it's not going to go into it's not going to go into like into offensive territory it's it, it especially when you see at the angle he does it he does it because he wants to see his kids because because the court tells him he can't and it's or it's on visitation and all of that's up in the air and yeah so it's like it's funny when people try to make arguments out of this movie I'm like just be happy <laughs> it's funny it's a funny movie and this guy trying to genuinely connect with his kids and he just does it in a way and by stepping into somebody else's shoes for a bit. So, yeah, exactly. I yeah. just I, I adore that movie. 
Oh, it's it's so great. I, I really want to watch it again at, at some point soon. Um, it's on uh, Netflix, I think. Oh, I think perfect. that's where we watched it. Or it's on it, it's on some streaming service. I can't remember which one. We have literally everything, so it was on <laughs> one of them. But. <laughs> I feel that way, too. And just like I'm like, I have that, and I'm also paying for that, and I'm also paying for that. Oh, some wait, it might have been like, HBO oh, Max. I, I can't remember. It's either HBO Max or it's or it's Netflix. Yeah, it's one of them. I love HBO Max. Uh, I was uh, talking with the... Uh, with Chrissy the other day, a uh, cosmic keyframe. If you kind of know her, I, I, I know Ashley. The name sounds who, familiar. Yeah, and I know Ashley's worked with her at conventions before too. Um, uh, she, we were talking about the other day, and she said, "I don't." I, HBO Max has become like the streaming service for me. I never anticipated going back to it as much as I have, but here we are. <laughs> and it, it's <laughs> no, true. it's There's a so great much. service. There's so it's much a great on there. service, yeah. and they just keep adding more to it too. It's really good. I'm. I hope. I know. Th- I hope we get a lot more cartoons. My little pocket of happy has been Ghibli. <laughs> Dude, every like basically every Ghibli movie. It's been. It's so good. Ah, I love it. Absolutely love it. But God only knows how many times I've watched Howl's Moving Castle over there. <laughs> oh, that's me with like Castle in the Sky or or mm. um or Kiki's Delivery Service. Ah, Those are just Kiki. two of my favorites. And yeah. Spirited Away. Oh. Mm. It's I've so we're gonna gush about like Ghibli for whole. You guys are adorable. I'm just I'm just I'm just like listening to all the stuff. <laughs> just like ah, oh, my ears are gonna get full of that. Ghibli is so good. Oh man. And uh, uh, I, I can't remember the prequel movie's name. Whisper of the Heart and The Cat Returns. Those yes. movies, so good. So I good. I finally, you know, it's funny that it took me so long to finally get to Whisper of the Heart because I saw The Cat Returns before I ever saw Whisper of the Heart, weirdly enough. Uh, I can't remember why that order went that way, but I think it was because I watched The Cat Returns in, like, an animation class when I was, like, and this was, when we're talking, like, beginner's level, like, flash animation class, and, we, and our professor had uh had a bunch of ghibli movies on in the in the background while we worked so Mm -hmm. so that's how i watched the cat returns first (laughs) but thankfully um, thankfully it's not like you're losing much by watching one or the other first Um, yeah it's 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 totally fair to watch the cat returns first and whisper of the heart second um i know that canonically would make more sense to watch watch it the other way around but Mm -hmm. It's it, it, it's those two movies are interchangeable. It's because they're kind of related, but not really. It's yeah, literally just a character enough that, that you don't have yeah. to worry about watching one before the other. That they do have a separation, and one's just more fantastical than the other. Yep, that would be the Cat Returns. That movie, I loved that movie. Mm, I mean, me I love too. both of those movies. I've got a special spot for the Cat Returns, though. Mm, me too. I, I Carrie was is the Baron. I mean, <laughs> yeah. My favorite Ghibli movie is still The Castle in the Sky. That's that's that's. Mm-hmm. I think it's a nostalgia thing. I just really like that movie in particular. And also, um, Mark Hamill did a great job as the antagonist in that film. Mm. I feel like you can't go wrong with Mark Hamill, even if it's like. I think maybe the only time he, well, I mean, even then his his vocal counts. I mean, they're still good. Was if he even if he was involved in stuff like Rhapsody Street Kids purely because there were other oh. people he knew going into that project. Um, <laughs> That it's like his, he's still so good. Like his, he's a phenomenal talent. And he's it, just this super talented guy. Just who who would have thunk that that Luke Skywalker would become the Joker and all of these other voice you know vo, you know voice talents. And he owns it. That's literally I don't I don't see Mark Hamill as being just Luke Skywalker. I see him as the Joker first and foremost, and exactly. then Luke Skywalker. Honestly, yeah, because especially because I think. 
we hear his voice more often as the Joker than we even do as Luke Skywalker when you think about it and how much he was involved in. I mean, I mean, look at how much how much there is of, you know, the Joker in Batman versus mm-hmm. how much there is of uh, Star Wars that has Mark Hamill as Luke. There's there's, exactly. it's, it's, there's no comparison. There's way more of Joker. Yeah, he's way more distinct mm-hmm. by being Joker too. That he set it, he set that role apart. And he defined what yeah. the voice for Joker should sound like too. He defined that like that kind of whispery sound that he has mm-hmm. or, or whatever that I can't do, but it, just that basic sound that Joker is definitively <laughs> known for. That was a, that was a that was a good effort, you know. Yeah. It's I, I just oh, I, I it's those golden voices that when you're it is it is delicious it is magnificent <laughs> I think that's when they said it's like uh it's just like uh when I hang out in uh, some of the other discords and uh especially if I hang out because I hang out on like the the DA game server a bunch and uh so you'll get a you'll get voice actors on there too and they love to torment everybody with with voices because just, and just <laughs> every night it's like perpetual heaven slash hell depending on who which character is tormenting you and it's overall it's still fun i love it again it's i guess we have our own oh ashley moments in there so i <laughs> when you think about it oh boy um, does anybody do has been impressions and just go like oh or someone's name oh it, it's it's that but with lupon the third that's absolutely oh what good okay <laughs> Okay, that's that is good. Lupin is fantastic. That's uh, always that's always good. That's become my little. That's become my little my comfort. My, I, I guess you could say that's my 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 comfort corner. Uh, who's your favorite character? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, Inspector Zenigata. Uh-oh. He's my favorite. Oh, she's good, like yeah. the biggest simp for Zenigata. <laughs> like she draws fan art. She has an AU where she's in the AU. It's great. It's fun. It's cute. Yeah, I can embarrass yeah. her. <laughs> I still need to see. I still need to see Loop on the first. I've been oh, meaning to watch that. So I've heard so many good things. The dub was fan. I I lucked out that. Back in October, I know they got most of the original like English cast, like Tony Oliver and whatnot. Yes, but I, I know. I think a few voices are different, but I know I, they got most of the cast back. So pretty much what happened is they pretty much got if you are if you know about port parts four and five, they they pretty much got ports four and five cast, which is they got everybody original except for you know because Dan Lorge was Zenigata in part two. Uh, but then they had Doug Erholtz for parts four and five and, and other specials after that, too, I guess, technically. Uh, so it's basically the parts four and five crew. And okay. I love I love Doug's Zenny. It's really become actually like my my number one favorite take because it's that balance of being goofy, but also being like he's competent. He's still a competent inspector. He and he's incredibly smart. You just have to give him the right moment to show it off. Like he does have a brain, big brain up there. There's a reason he's the number one <laughs> cop on Lupin's case. And the it's yeah. So anyway, it's a <laughs> but it's a, it, the first is such a fantastic movie, and I'm like I'm already itching to like show it to my family. I'm just like waiting for the steel book at this point but uh it i got to see it in in theaters for one night only when they did the english dub release uh, back in october and i drove all the way out to like orange county because there was like one theater playing it for one night and i'm like you know what i'm gonna do it i'm just like i'm just gonna i'm gonna try and go out there so yeah there was like four people in the theater by the way it was pretty decently sized so we're all wearing masks we're all distanced in our seats and so it's like and we're all wearing masks the entire movie so it was i mean we did it 100 percent safe out there and but i'm so glad i saw on a big screen because it was it's one of those 
with it's so visually stunning and I so love much fun. the style of it. It literally transitions Lupin into such a perfect way in 3D. It's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. The intro alone, the intro alone is so good. <gasps> I could watch that intro over and over. Lupin the third. <laughs> oh yeah, and it's just mm, it's it, especially with the it's that mix of it being it's the uh, yeah original uh, part two Lupin theme, but the way they update it in very subtle little ways, uh, especially because I think it's Yuji Ono working on the mu- on the music as well. Because I mean, it it wouldn't be Lupin really without him, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> that uh, he's like the John Williams to to Star Wars. You know, it's Yuji Ono to Lupin. You, you you just can't you can't have it without him. Yeah, except mm-hmm. with the exception of for me, part four uh, is uh, is the Papik and Yuma. Uh, soundtrack that they used for like the English dub and the Italian dub um uh that that music is fantastic I feel like it perfectly fits the Italian vibe and and uh part four is personally one of my personal favorites uh because of it was that first take that they were trying to go into like a fully fledged storyline that goes over several episodes versus being episodic and uh, Mm um for it to take place in Italy which it it's just so much fun They, they have so much fun with it uh, and uh, and I feel like Papik and Yuma's soundtrack fit that on the nose. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, I won't keep gushing about Lupin. <laughs> no, anymore. you're that's fine. a whole other podcast in itself. <laughs> I'm just chilling here because like I don't really, I don't, I don't watch Lupin as. I mean, I, I'll get to it, but like Lauren is like. I've only really... seen a little bit of Lupin. I'm not as big like into it either. I I really like what I have seen though, and I want to get into it more. It's been described as like Sly Cooper, but without the animals to me. And I'm like, okay, I hey, can Hey, that's I can enough get to sell it. That. Sly Cooper's fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. It's basically James Bond meets Ocean's Eleven meets Indiana Jones, uh, <laughs> and then meets uh, Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes in a way. If you're going to talk about like. Uh, a lot, a lot. It's like, a, it's like a big cartoon sandwich, you know? Yeah. And I mean, they, and they did say that like James Bond was like one of those major influences for the, for, for the property. And then, uh, and of course, it was derived from Arsène Lupin, the the uh, the original French novels from like a mm-hmm. hundred years ago. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, so it, it plays up on all of these um, American and Western story tropes, and and uh, at the same time, it makes it equal parts. It's I guess you could say it's an international merger of of like the Japanese ideas and storytelling ideas with uh, kind of the Western storytelling styles. And characters and tropes. It's 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 a lot of fun. Just just so much fun. That's Hell that's yeah. that's valid. <laughs> yeah. So I um, look forward to what what twenty twenty one continues to bring us because apparently because it's the again it's the fiftieth year of them uh, of Lupin being animated on and put up on television, uh, not including the pilot that was from like the the late sixties uh, <laughs> uh, when you had uh, all their animated content drop in the seventies. Uh, they're supposed to be plotting some new stuff for the year, which means not only like remastered, you know, releases or digital releases of movies that didn't normally have it uh, remastered before or anything like that, but we may be getting new specials. Who knows? It's 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 still up in the air right now. But this, this is slated to already be a year for Lupin, as far as we've been able to gauge from from news updates. So. <laughs> Got that silver lining. <laughs> this year's going to be the year for everybody to check out Lupin the Third and actually get into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and what's like, what's cool is that it seems like more and more people, especially in the West, are starting to see it. 
which I mean, last year I was that was the first time I became aware of Lupin, and I have Chrissy to thank for that. She and she's at first it's funny she's like, oh, you should get into it, and I think Jigen might be your favorite. And little did we know, <laughs> but um, he was my he was a favorite of mine originally, and he's always a, he's always going to be very near and dear to my heart. But Zeddy Gata has is top tier. He's he is king. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I I really hope more people get into into the show and into the the franchise in general because it's just it's just a lot of fun and more people. Should I've know always about it. heard I've always heard just such such good stuff about it, and I've always really liked how zany the characters are. It's always come off as being really fun. Yeah, and uh, if you haven't checked it out, uh, Castle Cagliostro, uh, that was you know Miyazaki's first. Directorial. I know. I remember. And... I I still. I need to see that too. I've only seen clips. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny because yeah, it's a good introduction, I guess you could say, to the Lupin franchise. But it's very, it's very what I consider watercolor Lupin, where the mm-hmm. t- the, the characters are are different than what, especially Lupin, are are different from what you see in other parts. Uh, and it's because Miyazaki did that on purpose. He wanted to make it seem like, if I'm deriving it from a, a proper quote here, um, that he wanted, like somebody, he wanted to be like a film that was so applicable to anybody that even a man, an old man sitting on a mountaintop who had never heard of Lupin could enjoy the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and I mean, I think I feel like he did just that. It's like it's a it's a heist movie at the same time as like. It's got, you know, kind of the rescuing the princess kind of idea. Literally a princess in a castle kind of thing. Uh, but it plays up on the high stuff at the same time and, uh, you know, solve, solving mystery kind of stuff. It, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's great. And uh, it's very Ghibli. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, what, this is what set the precedent for all of the content after that. Um, oh, yeah. And it's, it's, still, it's still gorgeous. I love it. Even if yeah. it's not true, Lupin, it's it's still it's still it does it. its best, and mm-hmm. it's it's still a good adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, okay, um, <laughs> I think we can wrap up. Yeah, that. I think I'm like you know, it's like I. This is what I like about when we it's have like, pop- oh no, we're torturing him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, but I do like the, the 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 conversations that do come out of like we're here. Like, well, we have some questions like lined up, but then I what I enjoy more than anything is especially just the. The, it's just the shooting the shit and just yeah. going. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder like who's really just polite and just listening to the spiel and who actually is engaged, but like they're they're just like, you know, they're too polite to be like, okay, you know, I got things to do. I got I got a Baja to blast, you know, or whatever. Just just looking at my wristwatch like <laughs> <laughs> Nah. No, because I genuinely have been wanting to get into Lupin as well. Um and I, I know I've heard people say that Castle of uh actually I'm not gonna pronounce it. I, I've heard that that is the best movie to like start with. Yeah. But I've also mm-hmm. heard people say that Lupin the first actually is quite good for like someone who's never seen it also so i I don't know yeah like at least with as far as i'm able to gauge it how i'm introducing my family to it would be like i'm saying i've been holding off to 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 show them the first first and then probably cagliostro or something after that even though cagliostro is one of the first instances i watched of lupon but again that was also before the first came out so um Mm -hmm. uh, at least uh in the english dub but the um uh and I think that was before the Japanese release even was able to drop anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think the first has the tone 
the overall tone of Lupin and is more true to the overall franchise and the characters and how they're represented and their relationships to each other. Uh, absolutely, 100%. So if anything, I do recommend seeing that first, if not early on as one of the, the one of the first things you watch. because it, One of the first ones to actually get into, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise, until then, if you can't, if there's, if you, if you don't watch that, then I say probably, uh, I guess you could say technically you could go to part two. I would say, yeah, if you want Oh, no, the, it's sounding like JoJo now. <laughs> sounding like we're getting into <laughs> JoJo's the thing is, territory. The thing, <laughs> the thing is, with all the parts, the cool thing about Lupin is that they're not all strung together by one story except maybe parts four and five and that's because they became more like overarching story that connects to two series together uh Mm -hmm. and that was only because they went a more traditional anime route where there's that big story but uh but early on it was very episodic so parts one to i guess you could say parts one to three are you don't have to there's no order to them you don't have to watch anything in order it's all very much like you move at your own pace. And especially when you have stuff like part two where it's like every episode's a new story. So it, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of seeing how each character or how the group interacts and how they respond to these new situations. And yeah, basically that's that. So that's why it's, it's, it's easier to get into something like Lupin versus something like JoJo um, where it's like it, maybe you'd have to start from the beginning with so many s- series but with this one you don't have to hell yeah but yeah uh anyway i will i will continue gushing but if you have any other i i guess you could say hit me up if you need any other recommendations for lupon because i, I probably will because <laughs> again we again me ashley and a few others have been hoping to get into lupon so i'll let you know whenever we get started yay, on that. we're making friends yay. on the, on the <laughs> show yay. and considering um, chichi and have- i go back and forth on lupon stuff like literally every day. So <laughs> <laughs> I I believe that. Um, did you have any other just um, any points, Lauren, before we end, or uh, Michael, anything you wanted to, to bring up before we wrap? Um, as far as on my end, um, I would say that if you are an aspiring voice actor, um, again, the this is from a question way back, but the the main <laughs> thing to keep in mind is to be yourself. Have fun. Do it because you love it. That's something that I've heard from Ed Bosco in the Honeycast. Is he always says, "Do it because you love it," mm-hmm. because it is true that you know, as an actor, you don't really get a lot of work at first, and also you tend to not make a lot of money at first. Mm-hmm. Not even hell. There are a lot of people that do this for a living, and they don't even you know make enough uh, to be able to survive. They have to have a second job. Mm-hmm, so it's right. just a matter of doing it because you genuinely have fun doing it, not because you hope that you're going to make it big and, you know, be loaded because that's that's not realistic. Um, you can't yeah. there are opportunities to make a lot of money or, you know, be famous from voice acting, but that shouldn't be what you aspire for. You should do it because you have fun doing it and because you enjoy doing it genuinely. Um, be yourself. Have fun and uh, just do it. Yeah. That's solid advice. And also check out some projects. Check out, <laughs> check out Lackadaisy, the short film. That's mm-hmm. coming this year probably. It looks really cool. I voice Rocky, the cat, who's like, hey, he has a voice like this where it's a little more congested sounding and raspy. It's an impression of, have you ever seen Cool Cat Saves the Kids? Yes. Oh, God. Yes. Literally, they wanted, when I was doing, um, 
when I was doing uh, my audition for that, because they just scouted me. They just were like, hey, you want to voice this character? Let's figure out a voice for him. And uh, I, I, you know, I did a few different takes where it was like, one was just like my regular voice like this, but it was missing something. Um, and so I just shifted it down. I did... I did like a raspy voice. It reminded me of Cool Cat, like like, hey, it's me, Cool Cat. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that, but I tried my best to like make it not as much like Cool Cat. <laughs> so it's it's a little it's a little happy medium where it's just a little raspy here, but yeah, this is this is what the character sounds like. Check out Lackadaisy. Rocky, oh, Rocky vibe. Rocky saves the kids. <laughs> Rocky saves the kids. Here, kids, have some pancakes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, Lackadaisy, that's coming out sometime this year. Billy Bust Up had a very successful Kickstarter. That's not expected until 2024, so, you know, mm-hmm. keep your calendar marked. <laughs> <laughs> keep your calendar marked. Akudama Drive is airing on Funimation right now. Episode 4 is out as of this recording. Um, dubbed, of course. Uh, check that out. That's a very good anime. I voice a little, little bunny rabbit who sounds like this. Yay! Uh... <laughs> Check check all those out if when if you are able to. And that's 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 <laughs> it for me as far as sharing everything. No, that's perfect. Sharing all the things. And I guess uh, um, I, oh. I, I was gonna say I guess we're uh, I, I feel like people who are on this episode already know where to find you, but for those who don't, uh, what are what are your social media handles, your your links? I only I only really use Twitter and my name there is just Kovox. Perfect. At K O V O X. Perfect. Makes sense. And it what's easy. the name of your Sonic, um, your Sonic uh, YouTube channel? In case you <laughs> want to Google that. Oh God, I don't want people to Google that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I sent okay. it. I sent it to you though, so you could check it out. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll keep it's, it on it's the hush. And then this is exclusive. Keep yeah. that on the hush. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I've, that's I've never I've not been secretive about it people can probably find it but yeah <laughs> okay. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't you, post you, you that you want to make like it's it's the hunt that's the fun part exactly yeah. <laughs> perfect um okay and then I'll I'll do my my outro too sure. so in case you're coming here for Michael and we're like who the fuck are these chicks why won't they shut up <laughs> um or like I didn't say much this episode so anyway um it's whatever so I am what is this the Lupin cast <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. Sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. <laughs> so um I'm I love Kim Possible a lot. I know the name sucks. Like, haha, you you're not the first to make that joke. Um so we do YouTube videos, so we're um ge- generally so video essay type things about animation. I was a horse person back in the day, but we were trying to slowly unhorse or diversify from not only horse. So that's been um hit or miss, and we got a bunch of fun projects coming up um i guess the one i can talk about now is uh we got a treasure planet reanimate that's um the twitter is like of this recording is almost ready to start having people apply and and stuff so that should be good that's something i want to do for a while and then we got a couple of bigger projects coming out whenever they finish the the art's pretty i don't know what to tell you (laughs) so uh if you if you if you thought michael was entertaining and i was here too then you can you should also check out our channel if you're new. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's it's fine. You'll have a good time. Subscribe, like, comment, sacrifice your firstborn child. It's, <laughs> it's, it's all right. Whatever you feel like doing. <laughs> Do whatever your heart tells you to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
Okay, I guess we can, and then as if you're into the podcast, we're on all the places. So YouTube is obviously the most popular place for the people listening to the podcast, which is fine. But if you're like weird and like your podcast on podcast specific sites, we were, we have the iTunes and the Spotify uh, under animation communication. Yep. Communication spelled with a K, not a C, because I I like Krusty Krab. And, and, so and, well, and it's K I M instead of C O M. So there's like the communicator. You get it? Get, get it? Impossible. It? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> but no thank you so much here it says yeah thanks so much for for, for comment thank you so much for having me it's, yeah. it was, this is a lot yeah. of fun genuinely I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you had fun because i had fun too and that and considering how long i've been especially like listening to, to honeycast and and everything it's just like it's kind of in a way it's still kind of like surreal that i'm like like I'm trying not to be like in that starstruck mode, but it's like it's it was a lot of fun to be able to talk with you and, and just vibe. It's good. <laughs> it's like down, Lauren, down. No, I'm just anyway. I'm just another guy. I don't I don't let stuff like that get to my head. We 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 had this discussion earlier. Be be yourself. Don't be don't be don't be uh you know super invested in yourself. You know egotistical. It, it's it's nice to be proud, but don't be don't be in your own head. <laughs> Yeah. Is, don't be a butt. Is the way to be. Um, don't be a butt. Just be 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 <laughs> nice. Be a nice person. It really isn't that hard. I promise. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And well, then yeah. if you like Michael, then yell at us, and we might have him come back eventually sometime. <laughs> Maybe, that would be cool. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> he's like, oh god, I thought I just escaped. <laughs> anyway, um, that's Darn, that's my bad joke. I thought I would be free. All right, and then new episodes come out on Wednesdays, um, 6 a.m. Eastern podcast time, and then YouTube is 4 p.m. Okay, I don't have anything, so I guess bye, everyone. Thanks for coming to the show. Bye. That's a wrap. Good night, everybody. Mwah. Good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication. Animation Communication.